Howdy. Fletcher from All Things Overlanding here. On today's episode, I'm pretty excited because I get this question a lot, a lot. Like, a lot. And I thought I'd make this video because maybe it would save some people some time. Maybe it would make it a little bit easier for people to kind of at least get the very minimal basics of how to sort of find dispersed campsites, how to know where it's okay for you to go, um, you know, what to do if DNR shows up. Like, all of these things are concerns. And again, I get a lot of questions all the time where they're like, I wanted to go to Hoosier National Forest is near me, right? And they're like, but I just, I don't, I didn't go because I didn't know where I was allowed to go and I didn't want to get in trouble. I didn't want to get a ticket or something from DNR. Um, so on this, that's kind of going to be my basis is Hoosier National Forest because that's what I'm closest to and most familiar with. But this can apply to any national forest out there, anything like that that you can find. Um, these will be some good tips for you. So uh, watch the video, post up in the comments with questions, post up with your thoughts if I missed anything, and uh, let's dive into it. All Things Overlanding is brought to you by Red Arc Power Management Solutions. Rugged Bound Supply Company, rooftop tents, awnings, roof racks, and more. Overland Addict, premium overland gear. Last US Bag, overlanding bags and equipment. Northology Overland, trips and a monthly overlanding magazine. All of these companies are really amazing, so I highly recommend you click through the links in the description below to learn more about each of them. All right, guys, so as we get going on this video, I did want to just mention, if you are into overlanding at all, if you're into do-it-yourself modifications, if you're into budget-minded overlanding stuff, weekend warrior style stuff, right, where you have a full-time job, you like to go overlanding, but you can't leave for weeks at a time, right, just like me, this is a great channel for you. I have tons of content around that stuff, so I would love it if you would hit the subscribe button, click the bell to be notified when new videos drop. I drop a couple videos a week, so there should be tons of value for you in them. And uh, and I love it when you guys make suggestions too. I will take those to heart and I will make videos around that stuff to give you guys the info that you want. So click the subscribe button, join the All Things Overlanding family today. I would love to have you. As I mentioned at the top of the show, um, I get this question probably at least two or three times a week where I get an email or I see it in a forum or I see it on a Facebook page where people are like, I, I want to go on my first dispersed camping trip, but I don't really know how to find places. I don't know where I'm allowed to drive and what's private property and public property, what's national forest versus, you know, city street. Like, where? how do I know where I'm allowed to go? So today I'm going to break it down into a few different sections. I'm going to put chapters in this too, so you can skip around and kind of find the info that you want. Um, but I'm going to start with sort of how to know where you're allowed to go first. Then I'm going to move on to, you know, how do you find spots? How do you know what's a dispersed camping site versus what's just, you know, somebody's driveway, right? So how do you find those dispersed spots? And then third, I'm going to give you tips because I've had multiple encounters with DNR and I've never gotten any, any trouble. I've never gotten a ticket for anything, anything like that. Um, but so I'm going to give you some tips of what to do if, if that happens, if you, you know, come across a forest service agent or a DNR person, how to kind of handle that interaction to hopefully, again, save you from getting a ticket and save you from getting in trouble, right? So, but let's start with number one. So how do you know where to go when you're looking for dispersed spots? Now, again, my sort of background is I've been doing this for about four or five years now. I am by no means like an expert, expert, expert Gaia Maps person, Gaia GPS person. If you want to learn more about Gaia GPS, I definitely recommend that you check out Ozark Overland Adventures. I'll put a link to his channel in the description below, but he has a number of really good videos on that and he teaches classes on that all the time. All right, so when you are going to go to a place, a national forest, you gotta do some research first, right? You need to, generally I Google it, and then there will be like a website for it. 
oftentimes on there, there will be a phone number that you can call to talk to a ranger or someone that works at the National Forest. Um, so what you can do is you can even call them up and say, here's where I'm thinking of going. Are these roads open? Are these roads okay for me to be on? Here's kind of the area that I'm targeting. Is that okay? You can call and talk to them. And from my experience, they're super, super helpful, right? They wanna keep you out of trouble. They don't want you to come in and do something bad that you shouldn't do and damage some sort of a road or a trail or something like that. So that's sort of step number one is if you're really nervous about it and you wanna just dot your I's and, and cross your T's, look up the website for the National Forest that you wanna to go to, find the phone number, call and talk to one of the rangers or the staff there and tell them what you wanna do. Say, look, I'm brand new to overlanding. I wanna come and I wanna hit some trails and I wanna find some dispersed camping sites. Any tips, is there a map? A lot of the times on their website, first, usually for like a small fee, five or 10 bucks, you can also buy a map. So you can actually get a, I think it's usually a digital map. Sometimes it's a physical map that they will mail you. You can actually get a map of the area that will show you all the roads that you're allowed to move and drive on, right? So that is a good option as well. So kind of the website that is for the National Forest is kind of your first line of defense. That's where you want to go. Especially if you're brand new and you're really, really nervous about it and you want to verify everything, call them. Just call and talk to them. Um, second, you know, using like a Gaia GPS or a Google Maps, um, you can download an area. Now, there are a million videos out there on this. Again, Matt from Ozark Overland Adventures could walk you through the details of that. I actually will put a tag up here. I did a basics of, of Gaia GPS, it's really, really basic, um, a while ago that kind of walks you through how to drop pins, how to find locations, that sort of stuff, how to use the layers, um, all that kind of stuff. Um, but you can download an area ahead of time. And then that way you've got it. And that way, even if you lose all of your signal and everything, then you've still got a map of the area that you can pull up and you can kind of use your finger to keep track of where you are on the map. And then you can, as you explore, it will show you what are roads, right? What are roads and what aren't roads? What's in the national forest and what's not? Um, you can, as you're driving along, you can drop pins as you find sites. So when we get here in part two to how to find dispersed camping sites, I'll tell you a little bit more about that. So, but, you know, use your, do your research by calling the place or getting a map, start to plan out your route, come up with an idea. Now you don't have to be 100% specific. You don't have to literally take every road and document your whole trail in and out. Although that can be helpful, right? You could also just have like an area that you want to go download your maps and then navigate to that, right? But so then once you get in there, here's the thing, paying attention is your best friend. It, oftentimes it can be exciting or it can be distracting or if you're with a bunch of other people and you're just kind of following along, you've got to be a little bit careful because there are generally, and a lot of times they're small or they're hard to read or they're kind of placed in a strange spot, there are generally signs that are going to tell you this is just for horses or this is just for ATVs or this is just for, you know, whatever, or no four-wheel drive vehicle traffic on this road. There will generally be signs that will tell you that sort of stuff. Tell you if the road's closed, tell you if it's private property, if it says no trespassing, obviously don't go past that sign, right? Um, so pay attention for signage too. There is generally a lot of signage out there that will help you make sure that you stay in the right place. Um, so that's that's kind of another step that you should take when you are you know, trying to figure out where you're okay to go and where you're not. Pay attention for signs. Um, I'll give you an example. When we were in Land Between the Lakes, on my GPS, it had like these roads, right? And they're mostly like 100, 200, 300 series roads, like 105, 359. They're all these roads, right? And then there were these weird like 400 roads. And I'm like, well, they look like roads on Gaia. And there's one that's like 418 or something, you know, some some similar 400 number. And I'm like, okay, well, let's try this out. And we start to go down this trail. And there's clearly a two track. So there have been vehicles down this thing before. But I'm driving down this trail. And we get a little ways back. And it kind of just stops. And there are two rigs, myself and, and a buddy, and we get turned around and we start to go back. And as we're going back, we come across 
an entire group of people on horseback, like 15 people on horses. And the guy is really mad. The guy leading the thing is like, what are you doing back here? And I'm like, oh my God. And I'm like, I'm sorry, are we not supposed to be back here? We thought on our GPS, it said this was a road. It was a two track. I thought we were okay, but if we're not supposed to be here, we're heading back out right now. And the guy was like, well, if you paid attention, there was a sign back there that said, this is prohibited for four wheel drive use. And I said, oh, okay, we didn't see that sign. Sorry about that, but we're on our way out. Let us move out of your way. We moved off the trail. We let them go past. We apologized profusely. We get back to the head of the trail, and sure enough, it's kind of like a, one of those, you know, if you've seen them in like a state park or a, or a national forest, like those tall brown sort of stick signs. At the very top of it, it has a picture of a horse, and it has a picture of a car, like a truck, an SUV with a line through it. And I was like, Ugh. Oops. So, but again, we were nice. We were apologetic. Like we just, that's how we tried to handle it. Right. Like I, I'm not going to get in a fight with the guy. I'm not going to argue with him. Like I didn't know that whether it was okay or not, I wasn't going to try and argue with him because I wasn't hundred percent sure that I was right. Um, I did everything I could to try and, you know, ease their travel past. And then we just got out of there and we learned our lesson and we didn't go back there. And we learned maybe 400 roads are not for cars. Right. Um, but so again, you might make mistakes. That can happen. You want to do your best. You want to try as hard as you can to pay attention to the signs, pre-do your research, talk to the ranger, make sure you've downloaded the maps or the GPS and that you've kind of got a route planned through there. But if the worst case happens and you end up somewhere where you're not supposed to be and you run into DNR, that's what I'm going to talk about next. So again, I've had multiple encounters with DNR, probably four or five in the last four or five years. It seems pretty frequent. Like they're, they're out there more than you think. Some people I've, I've talked to have done it for 20 years and they've never run into any of them. For the last couple of years, I actually haven't seen them. It was, it was heavier earlier on. I probably ran into them almost like once every four or five trips that I took to my local national forest. Um, and I was just always like, how are these guys following me? Like they're like ninjas. They would just show up and they'd be walking down the, the trail that I came in towards my, my campsite. Um, but so here's been my experience with them. One, you know, they have a tough job. Right, like they don't know if I'm a psychopath with a bunch of guns out there to murder people, or if I'm just like a camper, or you know, if I what I am, right? If I'm someone that's stolen a kid, like they have no idea who I am, right? Um, so the way that I approach that is just to always be sort of upfront, right? Like I, I always just kind of keep my hands out in in plain sight. I'm very polite. I'm always like, hi, how are you? Waving, you know, I'm trying to be as polite and friendly as I possibly can, welcoming. I don't want to be standoffish. I don't want to be, you know, arguing with them or anything like that from the get-go. I want to be super polite and and sort of almost self-deprecating, right? Like where I'm like, oh, am I in the wrong place? Like, tell me if I'm doing something wrong or if I'm not where I'm supposed to be. I'm just not sure, you know, I don't come here a lot. Whatever, whatever you want to say, right? Um, but so when I run into those guys, generally, again, a lot of the times they they don't want to get you in trouble at all, right? Unless you are like hooning it off the trail. So that is a thing to be aware of in national forests. Um, and I didn't even know this for the first few trips that I took and then I learned it later. Um, you know, there is there are roads, right? You are supposed to travel on the roads. You're not supposed to go off the side of the road and go up, you know, ravines and go off-roading into the forest. That's not what national forests are for. If you want to do that stuff, you need to go to like an off-road park, right? So when you're when you're overlanding through a national forest, you need to stick to the roads. You don't need to be dipping off into the ditches and, and mudding those all out. If they see you doing that, they can write you a ticket. They can be very mad about that. So just, you know, don't be hooning. If the goal of overlanding in national forests is not to destroy anything, tread lightly, right? You've heard probably heard that phrase before, tread, tread lightly. It's on my shirt right there. Thanks, Wanderlust Overland. Uh, tread lightly. 
But so, you know, you're trying to leave it better than you found it, right? You're not trying to destroy stuff. If they see you doing that stuff, again, likely they are going to ticket you, pull you over, yell at you, whatever, whatever the case may be. But if you were being respectful, if you are not speeding down forest roads, if you're not, you know, diving through muddy ditches and stuff, off-roading up into the trees, you're probably going to be fine. Even if you're someplace that you're not supposed to be. Again, approach them politely, be kind, be nice. Ask them if you're, you know, doing anything that you're not supposed to be doing. And immediately that takes them off their guard, right? They're like, okay, this guy's just trying to get out and go camping. He doesn't know where he is. And even if you're in the wrong spot, 99% of the time, they're going to be like, come with me. I'll show you. I'll show you the sign that you missed. I'll show you where you need to get back to, to make sure that you're in the right place, right? Um, so just being apologetic and sort of nice with the DNR is 100% your best option. Um, and a lot of the times, I've actually seen the same guy several times out there, and I've become friends with him. His name's Charlie. He's a super nice guy. And he will go to this site. There's this one site that I like in my national forest that kind of has a really steep incline to get up into, so not a lot of, you know, just normal sort of casual campers can get up into it. So it's generally, like, been mis or unused for, like, quite a long time. I go up in there a lot because my exterior has no problem getting up there. And I love that it's sort of private and it's not very well or very much used. Um, and he'll come up there and be like, oh, it's you again. You know, I, I wondered because not very many people get up here and, you know, blah, 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 blah. And then he'll just have a conversation, ask how everything's been going. Ask, he asked about the YouTube channel last time I saw him. It was really cool, actually. Um, so, again, befriend the DNR people, right? Don't be a thorn in their side. Because that's what's going to get you in trouble. That's what's going to get you a ticket or get you, you know, into some sort of trouble with them. But as long as you're polite, you should be fine. So those were kind of my three things about finding dispersed camping in general, staying out of trouble, making sure you're in the right place. Again, this is a very basic sort of overview, right? So if you've been doing overlanding for a while, you're probably like, duh, Jason, these are easy. But there are so many new people that I talk to all the time, so many comments that I see, so many posts that I see in the Facebook groups that I just figured it may be helpful to make this video for all the rest of you that want to get into overlanding but maybe haven't you know, had a chance yet. So again, hope that's helpful. If it is, make sure to click that subscribe button, click the bell to be notified when new videos drop. I do stuff like this all the time, new overlanding stuff, do-it-yourself stuff, budget stuff, weekend warrior stuff. You can only get out a couple days on a weekend every once in a while. That's the kind of content that I try and do because that's what I, my overlanding is like, right? I'm not a... I'm not a full-timer. I'm not a YouTuber necessarily. I make YouTube videos, but I don't consider myself a YouTuber really. Um, so I'm happy to help with that stuff. I'm, I, and again, I'm not an expert, but I've learned a good amount in the last few years. And you know, post up if you have some tips that you'd like to share with everybody. Post up if you have more questions for me and I can help. I'm happy to do that. I answer every single question. Um, so again, thanks for watching. Check out the links in the description below for you know links to Facebook, Instagram, uh, Ozark Overland Adventures, like I mentioned, uh, Wanderlost Overland. I'll put them down there too. Their, their channel's awesome. They just passed 40,000 subscribers. They're huge. They're amazing. Um, so check them out as well. Um, and, you know, come hang out on Facebook. Come hang out on Instagram. I have a podcast too. So if you want to listen on the podcast, throw it on your podcast list on your phone. Um, and I have a Patreon page. So if you want to be in this small, tight-knit group of overlanders that are kind of just talking about this stuff and having sort of a private forum where we don't get, you know, picked on, bullied, whatever, yelled at by idiot trolls that just want to talk about why you need a $60,000 built-out Tacoma, um, then come hang out on the Patreon page. I'd love to have you. So again, thanks for watching, and uh, we will see you guys next week.